right? The scripture tells God says he would never leave us or forsake us, right? And we got to believe God at his word. God has a track record of always coming through with what he says. Amen. Praise his name. Amen. Praise Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, so we, we have an enemy fighting against constantly, daily, continuously, without no break. You know, the enemy is always, and it's good when the enemy is fighting us because we know we are not on the same side. We know we are not on the same side. If the enemy is fighting you, then you are oppo opponent, you are foes, you are at war, you are at odds, odds at, against each other. So that's one good way to know which side you're on when the enemy is fighting. A kingdom divided against itself will fall. So if the enemy is fighting against us, we are not on the same team. So we got to our we, we got we, we know our enemy's name. The name of the enemy is the devil. The, this is the word which means slanderer. And we, we, we often hear that word when somebody says, you slandered my name. He's also called the accuser. Um, he takes our faults and our failures and he brings it to God each and every day and, to, and shows God our sins and tell God, about our, tell God about our sins and our failures. But because the price is already paid by the blood, God just drives him away and says, leave my children alone. But he, he still comes back constantly to bother us. So from these two words, we get the word diabolical, which means devilish. His name reveals his character. He has a character that's, um, that is marred, that is, is not good at all. And he lives, up, he lives up to his name. He's a liar, he's the father of all lies. He's a murderer and all those names that goes along with, with it. He has no, the devil has no love for us. He has no care for us. The, the devil is actually in a fight against God. A, a, a constant fight and the, the way he gets to God is by getting to us but thank God that the scripture tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world so since he made his first appearance on the pages of the Bible we, we first read about him in Genesis chapter 3 in his deception of mankind the devil has been in the business of lying slandering and accusing God's people for your information, you can read Genesis 3, 1 to 6, Job 1, where he, um, he approached God and said, told um, God that Job fear you for naught. It's because you put that edge around him, right? So, so we, we know our enemy's name, and he, and he has many names. The devil, Lucifer, Satan, the dragon, and all those names refers to him. So our enemy's nature. These two verses, verse 11 and verse 12 of the scripture that was read, tells us two things we need to keep in mind concerning this enemy. He is a shrewd enemy. That means whatever, is, whatever he, he, he sets out to do, he has a strong intention of getting it done and he uses everything at his disposal to get, to get those things done. The verse went on to use the word wiles in verse 11, the same word from which we get our English word method. So he's very methodical, right? He's not, he's not, um, 
is is he has a order set up by which he goes by. He's well well schooled. Right? He's well schooled. He's not no schoolboy. The scripture says we should be as wise as him. And we of ourselves um, taking on the devil is no match. Without the Holy Spirit and God um, guiding us, we are no match from the devil. So it's good not to have a conversation with him without the presence of God or the Spirit of God there with us. Praise his name. Oh, glory. Amen. So he's, he's a shrewd enemy. He's an he's a enemy that wants our demise, our destruction, our defeat. He wants to detour us from God's word, from God's way, from God's plan, and then laugh at us. So the, the, because he's so meta methodical, it refers to craftiness and trickery. In Ephesians 4.14, it is translate, translated lie in wait. It gives the image of a hunter disguising himself in order to capture a prey. What a perfect picture of the devil. He's always waiting and setting up trap, traps and devices to, to defeat the children of God. No wonder the scripture in Ephesians and um, Corinthians tells us that we should not be ignorant of the enemy's devices. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slay of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. That's Ephesians 4.14. In in First Peter, First Peter five verse eight, and um, the scripture says, Satan will pull no no stops to trip you up. For for adversary the devil is as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know the scriptures use the word so correctly. He is like a roaring lion, but he's not a he's not a lion. He's just like one. But we know the conquering lion, the real lion, the conquering lion of the tribe of Judah is Jesus Christ, our captain, the captain of our salvation, who is always there to help us to be successful in our fight, in this fight that we are engaged in, the fight of our lives. He is also a spiritual enemy. I mean, he cannot be seen. So with our, we don't fight him with our senses. We don't fight him with our hands. We can't fight him with our feet. Too often we are guilty of fighting the wrong foe. We will get at odds with our fellow believers when the real enemy is the devil. He's the master of sowing discord among virgin. We need to remember that our fight, this fight, is a spiritual battle. So how do we fight a spiritual battle? We've got to make sure we are in um, in accordance to the words of God, live accordance to the word, worship God, praise God, endeavor to live a life free from sin, and then God will do the rest. So since our enemy is a spiritual enemy, some might wonder, how do we go about knowing how to fight him? All right. So we're fighting. This, the scripture says one of the best ways to fight the devil is to resist him. Resist him and he will flee from us. Simply resist his advances. Resist his it, whatever is fancies, you know, he brings he brings things to fascinate us, you know, to to detour us. And the more we take to look at what he, the more time we take to look at what he's showing us, the, the bigger his chances of defeating us. Resist the enemy, and he will flee from us. Scripture tells us about the the, the um 
the angel Michael, when he had a conversation with the devil, he never have a long conversation. He just told him simply, the Lord rebuke you. That's what we need to do. You said the Lord rebuke you. And um, when, we, when we find out what the enemy is after, and most of the time, so lots of time we know the enemy is after us by the things that we Praise God. Hallelujah. So Satan has authored no book. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't written a book, but God has fully exposed our enemy's tactics in his holy word. So God has given us something to a preempt, to preempt the enemy. Right? He has told us how the, how the enemy acts, how we where he is, how we how we set up traps and so on. So how to study in a plan to plan your defense. One way of defeating the enemy is to know how he thinks, know where he is. Now, one thing we got to also realize the devil is, um, is not omnipresent, he's not omnipotent, and he's not omniscient. He can't be everywhere, every time. That's reserved for God and God alone. But he has many, many emissaries, meaning he has many demonic forces with him. He took up a third of heaven's population when he was cast out. So he has many help. He has much help, right? So what greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? We, are, we don't have to worry. They, are, they that are with us are more that, than they that are against us. So the key to defeating the devil is understanding how he works. And the secret to that is reading about him in the word of God. Second Timothy 2 verse 15 says, Study to show yourselves approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the scripture also says, if we keep the word of God patience, he will deliver us in the hour of temptation. And um, the hour of temptation is getting harder and harder every day. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. So the Bible makes it clear in these verses, Ephesians chapter 16 to 18, that our goal as a Christian soldier is that of standing. We should stand. The word refers to something that is firmly fixed. It speaks of people who do not waver. The scripture says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So we got to stand for something or we'll fall for every and anything. We gotta stand up for what we believe. Whether at home, at church, at the job, we gotta stand for something. If we if we are to stand in this day of battle, then we must not only know our enemy, but we must possess energy for the battle. Verse 10 gives us much needed insight in this matter. So the source of our energy, we are told that. The source of our energy is not within ourselves. Mm -hmm. This is good to know because there are times when my energy runs low. Sometimes we feel worn and weak. But this fight is not a fight of feeling. Because many times we don't even feel like praying. We don't even feel like moving. But because we know there is a greater force within us for, you know, there's the spirit and the, the presence of God. Yes, this body will be worn and torn and get weary and can't move and it will ultimately die. 
But we are told that within this body, within this tabernacle, we have a hope. We are, we are told to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Many times we look at things that we would love to do. We Looking at even at our situation right now, we, we find out how man is limited. We are so limited. Though we seem so powerful, we are so limited. And uh, many times we look at the condition in our world and we see how unprepared we are for certain things to happen in our world. There is so much running up and down and so much things going on right now because of a lack of the power of his might. And we know he's almighty. This means that we draw our strength from his power, from the power of his might. This sounds redundant on the surface, but when we understand that the word might means force, strength, and ability, and that the word power refers to dominion and authority and sovereignty and the ability to exercise power, then it is easy to see how the Lord can strengthen and energize those who place their trust in him. And I'm sure we have experienced that before, placing our trust in God. But sometimes we, we lack the memory, you know, to, to reflect on what God has previously done for us, that if what he has done before, he can do it again, right? Sometimes because we are faced with the present condition, it seems like our problem is greater than our God. But he's bigger than our problem, bigger than our fears, bigger than our concerns. The scripture tells us that we should cast our cares upon him for he cared for us. Cast Amen. our cares upon him for he cared for us. It also tells us that we should not be careful about many things. That means don't worry about many things. Don't worry about a thing because when it comes to God, everything is going to be Amen. all right. But, but we got to go through some stuff. Uh, if we realize our Christians doesn't really want to go through anything, you know, we figure that we... As long as we are saved, we should not go through this, through this or go through that. But when we look through scriptures, you know, great men of God who excelled in, in, in God, who did great exploits in God, they, they went through something. Yes. Look at Abraham, look at Moses, look at David, look at Paul, look at the, the disciples, the apostles. They went through a lot. They went through a lot of suffering. They went through a lot of suffering. They, they were, we read in Hebrews 11, we saw they died and, but they held on to God, you know, they, they, because they realized that they were in a fight. The scripture said about Abraham that if he was looking for a city on this side, he would have gone back. But he looked for a city that had foundation, whose builder and maker is God. So God is the source of our energy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Praise God. So we're going to look at we look at the source of our energy. We're going to look at the scope of our energy. When a when a believer's faith in God and in the Lord's power becomes the power of that believer, if the church would grasp the truth, then we are as strong as that which is in in which we trust. Amen. So when we trust in God and really trust in God, our our strength is is multiplied and every every test we go through every trial we go through and we overcome then we we get stronger for the next one that comes 
I mean, when we see what's going on today, everybody is so worried. And, and in a sense, we are, we're not, we're not going to be naive and put ourselves in danger. But we got to still realize that God is still in control. That's right. God is still in control. It might seem like things like, it might seem like the world is in chaos and things are going just weighing in out of control, but everything is still in control. God, God has the world now right where he wants it. There's nothing new. There's no, no surprise to God doing what's happening. Surprise to us. There's no surprise to God. He has everything under control. Amen. God. And um, we should put our trust in the God. According to Ephesians 3.20, it says, No unto him that is able to do exceedingly, exceeding abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. We know the power that worketh in us is, is the Holy Spirit, right? So no one team that is able to, to do anything that we ask in his will. When that word says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we ask, whatever we ask has to be in his will, right? According to the power that works in us, He can do much more abundant. If we can think it, God can do it. Mark eleven twenty two. When Jesus answered and said unto them, "Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall have those things, shall believe." That those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he said. And I said before, it has to be in God's will. So when things seem impossible and seems like it cannot be done, it can be done in Jesus' name. It can be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark 9:23, Jesus said, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. You know, and um a lot of times, oh, our faith wavers so much. I, my mind goes back to the centurion who, who um, servant was sick, and he sent and called Jesus and, and um, sent for Jesus and says, he said, um, I'm a man of authority. And I say to one, go, and he goeth, one come, and he cometh. He was actually telling Jesus that if I'm a, I'm a regular man, and I have this power to do these things. And you are much superior than I am. I know you are able to do it. And Jesus, when Jesus saw the faith that was in the man, he acted on that faith. Praise God. So we got to, we got to, sometimes when things seem like, you know, I think sometimes we worry too much. We, and I use the word we, corporately, we worry too much and fret of us. Something go wrong, we start to worry and fret. You know, and forget that God is still able to do all things. So the strength, oh, the strength of God, it enables us to stand. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight, so that when the battles are all, the battle is all over, and we go home to be with the Lord in heaven, we can leave this world, like Paul said in Second Timothy four verse seven. God's power will be our power, and we'll be able to stand for Him. In the day of battle. Praise God. So we're coming down to an interesting part in is, is our equipment in the fight. 
it's hard to be in a fight unprepared. <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's hard to go to a fight without a weapon. That's right. You know, it's hard to go in a fight without um even today how the world has gotten sophisticated with their weapons. Fight with never changes. That's right. It never That's right. Same principle. Same method. We take it to our knees. Most of, most of our fight, we go to our knees. We see the movie that came out, The War Room. Anybody remember that movie, The War Room? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Closet and fight. Mm -hmm. Our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And we come against everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that anything that that fights against fight against God, we fight against it. That's right. And everything that God is against, we as Christians should be against. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes yeah. we have certain that we love first time places. And if you look at the word wrestle there, the word wrestle brings to thought a very close combat. When you're wrestling with someone, you've got to hold them hold by their body, hold them by their hand. Yeah. So that's how close the fight has gotten. We are now wrestling. Wrestling. And, and when in, a, in a wrestling match, there's no referee, there's no umpire back in those days that when Paul was writing, it was fight to death. Right? When you are fighting, it was a fight to death. When they throw you in that place where the gladiators fight you go there it's fight to death somebody's gonna win right but the thing with our fight god god has jesus has already won the fight and we should just do what we need to do now we should just do what we need to do yes it's it's still a hard fight but jesus has done the lion's share amen so we are able to win this fight. We are able to be victorious. We are able to be more. The scripture says, for we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Oh. To become more than a conqueror, you have got to defeat a conqueror. And the conqueror was defeated when Jesus came from the grave successfully, victoriously. So verse 13 to 17 the image that is given here would have been a familiar would been familiar to every person in the Ephesian church. Paul, in describing the armor of an average Roman soldier, note that this was not the armor of a of a super soldier. These armor that Paul talked about, but they were the the the, the, the armor for just for the common foot soldier, for the common everyday soldier. For these soldiers to be effective in battle, they need to be protected on the battlefield. Paul uses the imagery of their armor to teach us how we need to dress up for the battle and we need to dress for success. Paul was very a, per, a person that was very um, attentive with his surroundings. He was a person who looked what was, was a person that was well organized, well schooled, he knew a lot. So one day he take a look at this soldier and says, let me spiritualize this. If the Christians, 
if God's people, God's sons, God's daughters could dress up spiritually as these guys dress up physically, they would be okay. It would be all right. So we, the, the, our warfare, our suit, the suit for our fight is given unto us. Oh, wonderful Jesus. The scripture says, um, let me just find this verse here. Wherefore, take unto you. So there's some action that the believer has got to do. Right? Yes. The believer got to take some action. Wherefore, take unto you. And that, that wherefore there seems like it was very urgent. It's a very urgent, it's, there's some urgency being denoted there. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. So the word whole has the idea of everything that you will need to survive in this fight is going to be in this armor that I'm going to give you. Right. Everything that you will need for success, every victory that, you will need, that you're going to win, with having on this armor will, will ensure that you're going to be victorious. You know, a lot of times some people have some stuff and they, they take it and um, they never use it. They just hang it up home and it gather dust mm. so on and, they, and they're glad that they have it but they've never gotten the use of it you know they keep <laughs> keep this stuff and they get to be antique and somebody else down the road get it when they are dead and gone they never use it no we have ne we, we have not we are not we have not gotten these armor for them to look pretty for them to look shiny they are to be engaged in battle sometimes they're going to get dirty amen yes yeah, they're going to get dirty. That's what they're for. They're going to get banged up. That's what they're for. So wherefore take unto you the old armor of God that he may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So Paul, in his time, was calling the day that he was living in evil day. Imagine if the apostle Paul was living in today's day, what he would say? Oh my God. Amen. 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 The day has gotten so, the time that we're living in is so evil. I mean, I've been hearing about this thing from when I was a child. I know I'm a big grown man and the, the thing that I've seen the world that has evolved in our world is so evil. People don't want to hear about God, don't want to hear about anything about the Bible, don't want to hear about anything that relates to God. But for the Christian, we can't get discouraged. We got to move on. We got to move on. We got to press on. The Apostle Paul said, I press towards the mark. We have a goal. We have an end goal that we are heading for. That's right. Yeah, we have an end goal that we are heading for. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, so the Apostle Paul said, take the whole armor in which... So if we're going to stand in the evil day, we got to be armored. No doubt. No, we we got to be armored, and the evil day that we are living in is now. Scripture told us that when the last days come, so many things would be happening: nation against nation, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, famine, and all of that is evident in our world today. Yeah, all of that is going on right now. I mean, it's good to keep up with the news and all of that, so we can know because a lot of lot of things in the scripture has been fulfilled, and we don't even hear about it.
to redeem the time for the days are, are evil. evil. Redeem the time. Use up the time wisely because the days are evil. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate, let me deal with that first. Stand, having your loins girt about with truth. So the girdle encircled the waist and served to stabilize the body, protect the midsection, and provide the soldier with a place to restrain his garment so that his movement in the heat of battle would not go unhindered. It wouldn't serve good for a soldier to be running around and everything he has is just loose and flapping around, you know? So what the truth of God's word does, it kind of stabilizes us, keep us sound. The scripture says sound doctrine. The sound doctrine means a healthy doctrine, right? <clears throat> so when we get the truth of God's word, you know, um, Pilate, when when speaking to Jesus in in, in the in Jesus' few last days on earth, and Jesus spoke about truth, Pilate asked him, "What is truth?" You never really get to answer him, but we know that truth is the word of God. Truth is whatever God says. And if everything, if there was no truth, imagine what the world would be like. So, and for the Christian, we gotta be, we gotta have this in our daily lives. You know, sometimes. Sometimes we are engaged in telling lies and all of that. Revelation 21, 8 says all liars and so on should be cast into the pit. We don't want to go there. We want to be truthful. Be truthful and truth hurts. Sometimes it's hard to hold up to, um, own up to some things, but you got to own up to it because it's going to come back to, to bite you sometime down the road. Right? So we got to put on the girdle of truth. Be truthful. Obey the truth. Love one another in truth. Whatever we are doing, the Bible says, let it be yea or nay. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. <clears throat> For the believer, this refers to knowing the truth in the Bible. Jesus promised us that. The truth had the power to make us free. John 8.32 Knowing the truth will stabilize us, protect us, and prevent us from being tripped up by the battles of life. This reminds us that we should walk in truth. Word walk here means live in truth. Let truth denote our life. Praise the Lord. Amen. So this is we're in the fight of our lives. When you when you're fighting for something and you know that you have a whole lot to lose, you're gonna give every ounce of energy. Every, you're gonna exert every energy to make sure that you win. Right? We should be determined to win in this fight against sin. So having your and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So the breastplate of righteousness is refers to the leather, the leather body armor that was worn to protect the vital, the vital organs, our tender ears of the body, specifically the heart the heart, the kidney, the intestines and so on. This breastplate was meant to do that. For the believer, this refers to the righteousness of God. We are declared righteous when we trust in Jesus, our Savior. 2 Corinthians 5.21 We are able to practice righteousness as a habit 
as a lifestyle, a life and right. We don't do it by ourselves. We do it by the Holy Spirit helping us and by the word of God reminding us that we are different each and every day because yes, we will be tempted to do the opposite. But when with the word of God, none of us can do a wrong or get into wrong at any time in our lives as a Christian without the spirit of God warning us. Without the spirit of God yeah. spurring us to saying, no, don't go that way. Don't do that. <laughs> right? Don't do that. We, you can never fall into sin so spontaneously that the spirit of God doesn't warn you. The spirit of God is always there. As fast as the sin can come up, the faster the spirit of God wants. That's why Joseph, Joseph was so much on the ball when Potiphar's wife made her advances to him. He says, I can't do this. Right? I can't do this because I can't do this and sin against my God. We should have that kind of mentality that what, what sin does is separate us from God and cause us to be to, to lose in yes. the battle. Caused us to lose in the battle when um Achan went and stole the Babylonian garment. Israel, who was always victorious, lost. And Joshua was kind of concerned. What, what, what went on here? We're doing everything we should do, but somebody was doing something that caused them to lose the battle. And until they corrected that, no battle was won. So our hearts are guarded and protected from this, from the arrows, from these arrows from the devil. This reminds us that we are to be right, to live in righteousness. We're to live in righteousness. Verse 15. Let's keep a tab on my time here. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So the shoes of the room. The Roman soldier wore sandals that had nails driven through the bottom to provide his foot for his footing on the battlefield. See, the Romans were in Jesus, when Jesus lived on earth, the Romans were the conquerors. They went everywhere to conquer, conquering and to conquer. They went to Egypt, they went to Africa, they went to Britain, all over and conquered. They had that one way, one way to, to keep their their um, title as conquerors, they had to go and conquer everywhere and be very brutal about it. Right, but one thing about the Roman soldiers, they were well organized. And that's we as Christians need to be, we need to be organized. So their shoes had um, spikes or nails that when they stepped, they would not slide. Right? He did not have to worry about his feet slipping in the heat of battle, for he was always well grounded. We as Christians need to be well grounded. In the, especially in these last days, we need to be well grounded. Well rounded and well grounded to fight against the enemy. The enemy is not no schoolboy. He is battle hardened. The enemy is battle hardened. He's been fighting a very long time. He knows what to look for. He's a warrior. He's well hardened. He's well schooled. He's very, he's intelligent. And sometimes because we underestimate him, he defeats us. So we should not be ignorant of his devices. For the believer, this reminds us that we are, we are to be well-grounded in the things of God. We are to be sure of our conversation. That word conversation, yes, it means what we talk, but it more so means 
how we live, our lifestyle, our conversation, our lifestyle, and of all the fundamentals of the faith. We need to know that we, what we believe and how to defend what we believe, how to apologize the gospel. That word apologize do not mean to say I'm sorry, but it means to defend, how to defend our, our, your gospel. You know, the, the, gospel, this, the gospel is very simple. A lot of times we make it very difficult, but the gospel is very simple. All we got to do is, is tell what God has done for us, speak the truth about what God has done for us. That's how we... That's how we defend the gospel. We don't have to be able to exegete and new, be, know a lot of hermeneutics and all of that. Yes, it's good, but not everybody is going to do that. Just simply say what God has done for you and how God, is, how God has kept you, how he has saved you, how he has filled you, right? Especially now in our fight, in the fight of our lives. So such a sure-footed stand would serve to give us peace in the battles of our life. When you are sure-footed, when you have experienced God, when you know what God could can do, when you know what yet God can do, even if He is, isn't doing not doing it now in this specific time at your life, when you really need help, and if God doesn't show up, that trust and confidence yes. that we have in God, you know that trust and confidence that we have in God, and say, God, even if you don't show up, I'm sure you exist. I still have faith in you. And I know you are still God. I know you are still here. I know you are still there. So whatever situation we are going through now with coronavirus and and everything that goes along with it, you know, we we have a trust and a hope and a confidence in God that He's able to keep us. The scripture says He's able to keep that which we have committed unto Him against that day. So we have committed our lives to God. And and if God chooses to take us out of this world in whichever way he pleases, I don't know. A lot of us want to be caught up in the rapture or sleep away very quietly one night when we go to bed. It might not happen that way. For a lot, for a lot of the disciples, that never happened. They lost their head and were sawn asunder and were crucified and all. I don't know which way God is going to take me. If I have my choice, all of us have our choice, but it might not work out that way. But let us live a life. In this time, that whatever ta- way God chooses to take us, the, whichever way it glorifies God in taking us out of this world, we'll be ready. We'll be ready. Stay, keep, stay active in the fight of our lives. Stay protected in the fight of our lives. Stay in the word of God in the fight of our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So this, all, this picture... This uh, is also a picture of the soldiers being ready to, to march into battle. His feet were shod with the preparation for service. They were ready to go. So too, the child of God must be ready to march forward at, yes. the, command, at the commander's order. And we know that God is our commander. That's right. He's our commander. He's the one in charge. And when he says move, we move. When he says stop, we stop. The children of Israel had a cloud of a, a pillar of fire by night and and and, and cloud by day. That was oh. that tell them when to stop and when to go. That was actually God moving, tell them when to make their move and when to stop. Okay, let me run along here. The shield of faith. This is not a little round shield, but it refers <laughs> to the large rectangular shield behind which a soldier 
could be saved from the fiery darts of the enemy. Often Roman soldiers would soak these leather shields in water for battle. This enables the shield to be more effective in quenching the flaming missiles of the enemy. So these leather things, they were soaked in water and it absorbed a lot of water. So when the enemy fire their weapons, their arrows that were soaked in oil and so on and soaking all kind of um, flammable things, the water in the shield would, it would, would put out those things. Right, so we have it to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And my God, is the enemy firing some fiery darts at us these days? Christians is bombarded everywhere. Not only not here, especially you know in the Middle East, in Africa, and all over different places of the world, they are bombarded every day, losing their lives every day. Right now, it's not in the Western Hemisphere like it is over there, but it's gonna get here. So let us. The Bible says we should arm ourselves to suffer. So that's what the shield of faith does. The believer is reminded that when he goes out to battle, he must have on his and possess his possession, uh, possess his shield. Our shield is not a leather, but our shield is faith. It is a shield that, that is able to quench all the fire darts of the wicked. It is a shield that is well soaked in the water of the word. It is a shield that is never fail nor expose the carrier because faith allows us to stand in the battle and receive the victory regardless of the odds we face. Yes. So against all, against all odds, we can come out victorious. The helmet of salvation. The helmet was given to the Roman soldier to protect his brain. You know, if your brain isn't functioning, there's huge problems. Regardless of how well the rest of him was protected, a blow to the brain rendered the entire body ineffective. <clears throat> That's just why the scripture tells us we should let this mind be in us that was in Christ Jesus. We have to have the mind of Christ. So we want our brain protected. If our brain isn't functioning good, the scripture says it, it, it's with the mind we worship the Lord. So we got to keep our minds are bombarded every day from the, the, the filth of this world. And we got to deprogram ourselves almost every day. Amen. If we are going to stay in this fight, we can't allow these things to stay in our mind. The things, some of the things we hear and some of the things we see is so filthy and so dirty. I mean, you don't have to put yourself out of the way to see them. They are all over. They are over on billboards and TVs and books. But thank God that we, we are able to keep our minds washed and sanctified. The next one is the sword of the spirit. Now, this sword is the only only offensive weapon in all the weapons that God has given us. It's the one we use to take the attack to the enemy. <laughs> it's the one we use to take the attack to the enemy, to back him up, right? And he can't stand the word of God when Jesus uses it and says, get behind me, Satan, for thou, you know, it is written, it is written, it is written. He can't take that. And we got to use the, the method that Jesus used. <clears throat> The primary Greek word for the word is logos. This refers to the totality of the word of God. So all the word of God we can use against the enemy. Mm -hmm. Or for the word used here is the word rhema. While logos refers to the entire army of the Bible, rhema refers to just the right sword for the battle. The right word. The Bible says a, a, yeah. a, a word fitly That's spoken. It's like Right out of the word fitly. So we have certain time, there are certain words we got to use. This is seen in the life of Jesus, Matthew 4, 
1 to 11, when he faced the devil and on the Mount of Temptation, Jesus strolled into the armory of the word and he went back into the book of Deuteronomy. That's why it's good to know the word of God. He knew exactly where to go. And he selected the right word for the right time. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So we see um, that we are able to be victorious in our fight against the enemy in, in the last days that we are living in. Amen. We are, because we are in the fight of our lives. No joke about it. It's no joke. We are in the fight of our lives. We are fighting to save our lives and the enemy is fighting to take our lives. We are not going to make his job easy for him. No. Right now. We are not going to make his job easy. And whatever it takes... I've got to be saved. I'm in this thing too long. I mean, right. we're in this thing too long. It's, it's no time to loosen up because of the world's condition or the world's situation or whatever is going on in the world. <clears throat> it's not time to slap up and to give up, but it's time to stand up and to hold on. And right. as I said, we have, we have all the protection that we need to be successful. So as we, as we, as, and our warfare isn't going to be getting any easier not going to get any easier. It's going to get harder and harder. So we got to pull out all those weapons. That's right. Some of us who have them hanging up someplace, we got to pull them out and get them ready for battle. The, yes, the dust them off. Armor. No, dust them off. If we, are, if, we, if we have just one part of the armor, it's no good. If we have on two pieces, it's no good. If we have on two pieces, it's no good. If we have only four pieces, it's no good. We need a whole, whole something. Every single piece that's there, because it's it's for it's for certain area of the fight. Weapons is coming in. You know, in our world today, they have smart bombs. They have um drones that they can see hundred of miles away and control. The devil has taken up his fight and not he has gotten his smart bombs. And he, he has his radar locked on us every day. We pray for our young people, especially he has his radar locked on them, defeating them one by one. You know, we got to put them under the blood every day. Yes, but they also got to put on their armor because young, the armor is there for each and every one. Young That's and old. Right. It's all. Young, old and middle age. Oh, yeah. Young, old and middle age. Everybody got to get on their old armor. Amen, and it's amen. good to team up against. It's good to team up against the enemy. One shall chase a thousand and two shall put ten thousand to flight. So, as we go through this, and I think my time has run out a little bit, so I'm not gonna go much further. But I hope someone was is being encouraged in the by the word of God. You know that don't give up in the fight. Don't lay down arms. Don't give up. Stand up. Fight. Sometimes we, a soldier is going to get fight, uh, get battered and bruised and get wounded right. sometimes. We have, a lot of, we have too much soldiers that are missing in action, MIA. Mm -hmm. Much soldiers that are POW, you know, prisoners of war. Yes. So, so we, have a work, we have a work on our hand to do. So with all these weapons, if we use them wisely and use them effectively and use them consistently and use them permanently, we'll be able to be successful. In our fight against the enemy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to pause for a few minutes for any questions, if there are any. And um, if not, we will pray.
Hallelujah. Going twice. Going trash. I have a question. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, praise the Lord. This is just a warning. I was trying to figure out how to word it. Mm. Um, I was just thinking in terms of when Peter denied Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, um, just using that as an example of, I, I would term that a presumptuous sin because he knew it was wrong to do it, but he still mm-hmm. went ahead and he mm-hmm. did it to save his own skin. In the moment, he, he gave in to pressure. So mm-hmm. I guess my question is when we lose or fail to put on a part of the armor that causes us to fall into that kind of sin what if it's something that's not necessarily spontaneous how do we recover from that we should definitely be be doing like uh like joseph did and say how can i do this wicked thing and sin against my god however i understand that sometimes it happens that we we fall into the thing anyway whether it's wrath or anger or something like that how do we come back from that okay so at some point in our lives each and every one of us fall for something i'm not going to pick any specific thing we fall for something the the the, the thing to do is to realize that we have fallen realize that we have failed right that's the first thing to do realize when when they are the prodigal son realized the bible said when he came to himself when he, when he fully realized, I said, what am I doing here? What, what, what have I done? What am I doing? You know? So he, yes. he, 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 he takes stock of what happened. That's what we got to do. We got to take stock of what happened. What, what have we done? We, God has given us, God has given us, sometimes, sometimes we don't need the Holy Spirit to reveal things unto us. God has given us faculties. God has given us a mind to think, you know? And um, the thing to do is to realize that what we did was wrong own up to it if it is to go if it is to go go confess to someone if it is to go apologize to someone if whatever it is and do that be a man be a woman you know if we, the thing with us we don't love to apologize or we don't love to um to make right we will we think we can just just say it outwardly and don't do it and everything True. is okay right <laughs> so we, we can just make a testimony a big testimony and, and don't actually do the thing and, and 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 everything is covered no it's not like that the thing to do when we fail in whatever area we got to recognize that we fail admit it and ask for forgiveness Amen. that's that's a simple, simple method wonderful did that answer your question yes sir thank you very much okay Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask um, Deacon Dylan to close us off with prayer. While we pray silently, I'm going to ask Deacon Dylan to close us off with prayer. And after he's done, I have a few announcements that I'm going to make. So thank you for your time in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Let us pray. Eternal God and Jesus, we want to thank you tonight. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. We thank you that in spite of everything, we, your people, we can gather together and we can listen to your word. Even though we read it by ourselves, oh God, it is good when we gather together and share your word, oh God, then we can strengthen each other because the word says, I am sharp, I am. We bless you tonight. We honor you tonight. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for the shield that you give us that we can protect ourselves. 
Oh God, we thank you. We look to you, God. Through your word tonight, we realize that we are protected by you. That in spite of what's going on, we don't have to worry. We just have to trust in thee. We bless you. We ask you to continue to cover Minister Grange as he teach the word. Continue to cover us as a body of people. Oh God, in our going out and in our coming in, be with us. Bless us one and all. We look to you tonight and we tell you thanks. Bless us again as we go forth. Be with us in our going out and in our coming in. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Oh, it's really good having everyone tonight. I really enjoyed um having everyone here with me, even though I can't see you. Mm-hmm. I hear a voice. I hear a voice, but I see no man. Oh, praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> this Friday is Good Friday service. Um, it's 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. We look forward to seeing you online. There will be no youth service. There will be no youth service on Friday. This Sunday, April 12th, will be our Easter service. We look forward to seeing you online, online again also. If you have not sent in your tithes and offering, you can still do it along with, along with tonight's offering. Praise God. We are going to make sure you get your offering in some way because we're really in, in, going to be in need of it, especially now. There's a message also that Evangelist Grant sends great news that Mother Ina Grant is doing well and in great spirit. And sends greetings to the church in Jesus' name. So let us pray for each and every one. And God bless you. And I hope you have a good rest of the week. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless. God bless everybody. God bless. God bless. God bless. Amen. Have good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Love you all. Miss you all. God bless you. Guys, God bless. Peace be everybody. Peace out. And a great good job. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful job. Yes, amen. Amen. Good job, Elder.